Fiona Stacey is the exhibition manager of the franchising exhibitions that take place on an annual basis in Sydney, Brisbane and Melbourne. The company is called Specialised Events and uh, Fiona's been organising these for many, many years. They're very successful. I've known her for probably more years than I care to reflect, but certainly two to three decades. And uh, during that time, we've seen lots of new franchise systems across emerging all the time. And as well as the big brands, there are a lot of small ones which are there and they're below the radar for lots of people's point of view. Um, the reason I love expos, everyone, is that they attract all sorts of people. They attract a whole range of franchise companies of all sorts of shapes and sizes, all sorts of industries and professions you can imagine. And they're also endorsed exclusively by the Franchise Council of Australia who helped to promote them. And that's been happening since 1987. So with all that might behind them and specialised events with all this, with all their particular marketing and uh, social media, you get really great attendances. So what I'd like to do is to say hello to Fiona Stacey. Welcome to our radio show, Fiona. How are you, Brian? Oh, really well. Sorry, I interrupted you there. Far away. Oh, I was just going to say, it's good to speak to you as always. It is, yeah. We see each other quite a bit at the Expo. So the title today is How to Ensure Your Franchisees Succeed. Um, and I'll just lead into it with, um, I, I suppose, just handing over to Fiona to give us a background. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Look, yeah, it, it, it is nice to have a chat to you. And as you said, we've known each other a long time. In fact, I remember many years ago I first met you when you were an exhibitor with uh, the Franchise Alliance and uh, maybe even before then with another organisation that you directed and and now with your business of how to franchise simply, you're very involved in these expos. Um, they, they have been going since 1987, which is a, a very long time. They just get bigger and better. They're stronger. They are very integral into the, in the franchising um, space for their schedules of events that happen every year because they are the, probably the biggest franchising event that happens in each state, uh, Sydney, Melbourne and Brisbane, on a yearly basis. Um, they, um, they, 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 just, they attract around 100 ex exhibitors to each show and uh, thousands of visitors who are, who are going along to have a look and see who is currently open to attracting new franchisees uh, people who are visiting as well might be just wanting to learn about franchising. They might have a business they want to franchise, and obviously those people will be wanting to talk to you, Brian. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess one of the cornerstones that I see is the approach that uh, your organisation and you particularly take is one of uh, making an ex sort of an educational forum for people. Well, that's right. So we run uh, seminars at the show, they run daily uh, from 11 till 4 on a half-hourly basis. Uh, we, the Franchise Council are heavily involved in those and they run seminars as to um, how, to, how, to, how to run your franchise, how to, what to look for when you're buying a franchise. And they often bring in very well-known, well, not necessarily well-known, but they bring in franchisees who can talk about their own experiences. Um, mm. We also have um, uh, companies like yourself speaking at those seminars who, um, in your situation, it would be if you're wanting to franchise your business, how you can do it simply. And um, people who just want to learn 
about franchising, what it all means, what are the good things about it, what are the bad things about it, what to watch out for, how to be successful in a franchise system. Those seminars cover all those topics. We also have consultants on board as exhibitors. So when you come into the show, the first stand you'll see will be the Franchise Council of Australia. And they're on hand to give information to visitors. We have consultants at the show. We have financial companies, legal companies. Um, that probably covers it, actually. Right. And as you say, a broad range of franchisors from uh, all, all kinds of backgrounds, uh, which really keeps it interesting. Um, and I suppose one comment people get, you know, where, where, are, the, where are the big names? Um, Perhaps what's what's the situation with regards to the larger franchise groups? Uh, how many of those well, we do you see? Those questions, and even in the early days of the exhibitions, we always had those questions asked of us. The reality is, it's a bit of a two-edged sword because the big names now exhibited many years ago as unknown franchise systems. So those ones are. Some may still be exhibiting and others may not need to exhibit anymore because it could be that they have no franchise opportunities anymore or it might be that they're at that uh, stage in their development whereby the, it, it's just not a necessity for them. I always remember one company rang from overseas. I got a call from Canada one day and this fellow said, look, we are the second biggest franchise system, at, uh, aside from McDonald's in the world. We want to launch over 250 new franchises on the eastern seaboard of Australia. We plan to exhibit in your shows for the next five years, and we sell sandwiches. And I remember thinking, well, this, this franchise isn't going to work. And uh, anyway, that was Subway. <laughs> and um, we, we all know they've got far more than 250 uh, franchise subways on the eastern seaboard but so many years ago when they exhibited no one would have known them uh, but there you go that's someone that's a company now that visitors would probably really like to see at the shows but they don't need to be there we do have them come back from time to time like mcdonald's are in there at the moment they're in sydney this year they're in melbourne last year they like to be involved it really it really depends but I guess the reality is the exhibition is for companies who are right here and now looking to sell franchises. And there could be several exhibitors this year who will be the next new big franchises that everyone will be talking about and want to see there in the next five years. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, in the past, uh, we used to use uh, the exhibitions and sometimes we'd have maybe eight or ten of our clients and uh, some would be established, some would be new. And people like Jim's and VIP and Pack and Send have been there, you know, continually wherever it is. And some, um, some franchisors are selective about the states they go in. Depends what that, how, how, uh, how they are with regards to recruitment. But the key for, I think, a young organisation is a brilliant opportunity to measure the interest in the market, get some interest, get some, um, get some contacts, establish some leads, get people on your database, um, and which is why people like uh, one of my clients, your social village, have been along for the last two or three, and they have a very successful exhibition. So having said that, 
Um, you know, why do you think, or what, what's your view as to why a company should exhibit? Well, I think for all those reasons, if, if, you're, if you're launching a franchise, then it's just a fantastic place to test that market. And we have always some exhibitors who say to us that's what they want to do. They want to test the market. They want to get a feel for how their franchise is received by people that are visiting the show. And after that, they may or may not find tuners. They might find it, it's perfect and they might find that they need to change it a little bit. Uh, so that's what, that would be for the, the ones who are wanting to launch at the show. If you've got a new system, uh, you need to get the name out there. It, it's, it's all very well to advertise online to maybe have a consultant to, to do it for you, but you need to be seen to be out there. And the franchising shows are the place where you are visible. Uh, people can come in. They may or may not have heard of you. If it's a new franchise system, then most likely would not have heard of you unless they've researched online. Um, and it gives them the opportunity of meeting face-to-face, -face, and there's no better way of judging a business and getting a real feel for what that business is and the people involved in the business and face-to-face. -face. And we all know with a franchise, it's been told many times, it's a bit like a marriage. And uh, it's very important to have a relationship with the franchisor. So so it's been, would, I'm sorry, carry on. Yeah, so th that would be for those people. The other thing is that if the bigger you get, you've, you've still, you still often, are, if you're still growing, it, it's, it's just the place to be, to be out there. There's nothing like the networking value also amongst the other exhibitors. It's a lot of businesses that can help each other within the industry. And uh, whilst it's a big industry, it's also quite a small industry. And there's nothing like that word of mouth to spread the good news about your franchise through other franchise systems. Absolutely. And it's also a great place for resales if you've got franchisees that want to sell their, their businesses, for example. It's a great opportunity to get people who may be, may be of interest. Uh, you can also, I've, I've found, get people in your system to come along and give you a hand for half a day. It's a great experience for them. That can also oh, help. There's nothing like having a franchisee on your stand. It's the best testimonial you can give to any visitor who wants to have a chat about the business. And it doesn't all have to be the good news. It can be the things that are not great about that particular franchise, but it can be that it's honest and it's very transparent. And uh, they, those, those companies that bring in people to work on their stands who are in the business, I'm sure they, they get a lot of um, results just from having people to talk frankly about what the business is like for them. Absolutely. Now, from that point of view, um, I guess... There's obviously lots of ways you could market. You can tie in your exhibitions with your other, your other, your other online and your social media and that sort of thing. But what can an exhibitor do to, 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 get, to ensure they get the most successful event they can, you know, from, from the point of view of being at an exhibition? No, that's a good question. There's probably several steps. I think um, one of the, the first things is to look at who's going to be working on the stand. If you've got a uniform, I'd probably suggest that they wear the corporate uniform because it shows that franchise image. Your stand needs to be clean. Um, people working on it need to ensure that they have 
good breaks because it's a long time, ten till five, three days in a row. It's very exhausting. So you need to be able to be enthusiastic when you're on the stand. So it's important to have that break when you need to. Um, it's also um, it, it's also important to have the information that you require. So. If you've got some pamphlets, have them ready to give out. If you've got a pen and paper and you're wanting to collect their, everyone's information, make sure you do that. We all know you have to follow up. There's, there's, no, there's no way around that. Every person you speak to, you have to then follow up with something, either a phone call or ask them for a meeting. I think also the thing we're encouraging to our exhibitors is to mail tickets to their database of people who've, who've shown an interest. So we send this e-ticket to every exhibitor and it's a personalised invitation for them to send out to their database. So we're exhibiting at the show, we're on this stand, come along and have a chat to us. Obviously those people are going to speak to other companies who are exhibiting, but they're going to do that anyway. Yep, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, so so really, it's it's being organised. So I'll summarise a few of those points I've been jogging down while we've been talking. So I guess beyond that, let's look at the stand itself. You you look at lots of stands. You know, the last exhibition was a hundred or so. Um, what are the ones that you think do the job properly? If there's any examples you can think of, but also what are the key elements you think that make a stand work that that attract the visitors that make them stop and actually read and understand what's on that stand because some some exhibition stands of all exhibitions of all shapes and sizes you look at and you think what is this who are they that's very true that's very true i think everyone has to go and have a look at your stand brian <laughs> <laughs> flattery will get you everywhere <laughs> <laughs> well that's exactly right and you don't have to have a great big stand to get the results that you might think you're after. You could have a very small stand and so long as your message is clear and simple, then that, then it can still work for you. It's probably one of those things, you don't want clutter on your stand. A lot of exhibitors have uh, the graphics that are on their walls or those pop-up banners similar to what you have on yours. And obviously you, you have to have your company name on there you would probably put a message on there, a simple message as to what, what, you, what you do. Um, I don't think you necessarily need to have the prices on there. Some, some exhibitors like to, others prefer not to. But I think, it's, I think that the important thing is the message that the exhibitor can get across to the visitor in the first probably one minute of meeting them. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and, and the sort of the science and experience all sort of tends to lead to. I think you're absolutely right there. Very short period of time. Mm. So, something I, I guess when um, when I've trained people to work at exhibitions, uh, some of the things you notice particularly, and I don't know whether you've ever seen Fiona or anyone else. I'd recommend you you dig this out on YouTube or wherever it is these days. But John Cleese um, from Monty Python did an amazing. Uh, how to run an exhibition stand video many years ago. <clears throat> and it points out all the things you shouldn't do. It's really extraordinary. And it shows 
you know, basically him engaging in eating, drinking, chatting to his mates, ignoring customers who come up. And whilst that was a John Cleese video, you can see it happening every day. <laughs> oh, I would love, I'll have a look on YouTube. I would love to see that because they're the things that you think are the givens, but they're the things that you see people do on the stand. And the other thing that you see people do is just sitting behind a table mm. looking at their computer or or basically not engaging with anyone who comes past and then they wonder, well, oh, we didn't speak to many people today. It's really about that engagement between the, the person on the stand and the people who are coming past. Some people, some exhibitors like to have a little uh, incentive, maybe in the way it's simple like some sweets or might be a raffle or even sometimes a, a, a bowl that you can put your business card in can be just enough to draw someone closer to the stand for you to have the opportunity to say hello. Yes, that's that's right. It's all, it's all about getting a bit of interaction and being a little bit different to your neighbour there, I think. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's – it just occurs to me it's not really much different to retail. You know, if you're in a retail environment, someone comes into your shop or into your area, whether you're in Myers or a local fishing tackle store, and what's essential is that someone greets you, just acknowledges you. You don't want to be jumped upon. On the other hand, it's just by way of acknowledging your presence so that – once people have taken a few moments to sort of understand what you are and if they start looking towards the brochures, sure, then you can walk up and hand something over and, and approach them in that way. So it's I think that's important. Yeah, you've, 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 got to, you've got to be alert. You, you just can't ignore people. That's very true. And you do see visitors standing outside a stand. You'll see them looking up. You'll see them looking into the stand. They're trying to get a feel for what is happening at that stand. And... Some, that, that's a good sign. That's, something's made them stop and look, and that's where, okay, so do they go past or don't they? But all those little things, like as you said, with people eating on their stand, that's enough for someone to stop. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. Look, the people have different views about these things, and some people have no views. Some, some retain particular philosophies because it suits them, I certainly never liked the idea of having counters and barriers because that sort of creates a, a you know, across the wall, across the fence sort of approach as, as, what, as how I see it. And a lot of people share that view. Do you have any observations about that, Fiona? Look, I do. And if it was to be me on the stand, I would probably keep it as open as I can. There's also that question of do you have a table and chairs on the stand? Because... There's that thing of, well, when visitors go in and you're asking them to sit down, are the, is the visitor going to feel they can stand up and walk away? But mm. other people will say, well, if they're going to be interested in the business, if they're not prepared to sit down and have a chat about it here, then they're probably not worth my while following up with afterwards. So it's, there's two schools of thought, and there's actually two schools of thought on the follow-up too because there'll be some exhibitors who are very – what you might call aggressive on site, and uh, well, they may be that they don't think they are. <laughs> Everyone has different methods, but some other people might say they're aggressive on site, and they're quite, in a way, you know, they're very thorough, and um, they follow up very quickly afterwards, and they conduct meetings and seminars, and they are very successful at that show. 
they call everybody who they speak to and they get them on, on the stand and they give them this little seminar. Now, somebody next to them might say, well, I, w I, that doesn't, I don't agree with that. That doesn't work for me. If they're interested, they will come and follow up with me after the show. So it, what's the right way? I don't think there is a right way. I think it's whatever probably works for the personality of the person who is selling that franchise. But, I, but it, it, when it all comes down to it, I sort of think you've just got to do, you've got to do everything you can. And you have to assume that the visitor who's coming into the show, they don't actually, they might have an idea as to what they want, but probably what they really need is for the franchisor to say to them that they think that that visitor would be a good fit for their business. I think you're absolutely right. You know, and I remember when, when I first got involved in franchising 30-odd years ago in Perth with a group called Bedshed, the, the guy who was the franchisor, Derek Pint, his view with our stores was you did a bit of every, you did everything. You don't know what works, but you make sure you got everything. So you had an A-frame outside and you had frills on the roof and, and you had a few signs in the window. And I think it's a bit the same. You need to have a good profile. But I think the key thing is follow-up's important. And after you spend three days on a show and you probably spent a day either side traveling, you're exhausted. You need to have somebody else who can do that follow-up because otherwise, um, what I found is trying to do it myself, Two weeks later, and I still haven't spoken to half the people. And the truth is, you think about it from another, from a customer's point of view or, or a visitor, they come around, they go to 100 stands, they pick up brochures from all over the place, they have hands, things thrust into their hands, they've got two or three bags full of information. When they get home, their minds are blank. Mm. So, Actually, you, do you know what the other thing I, in the Brisbane show, this is a really interesting observation that I made. There was an exhibitor actually came from overseas, so the the lady who was exhibiting didn't have very much time. She was on her feet for both of those days at the show. Then in the morning, so in the next morning, she had a temp staff or someone who was involved in the business who sat down and actually called everybody that this lady had met on the stand to say to them, would uh, would you like to have a coffee with whoever this lady was in the next two days while she's still here in Australia? And she took this this girl took appointments then mm. and there. 